0: It's a joy to be here with North Bryant, and it's it's always nice for me to get to to get out of Donaldson and do something different anyway, and and I've already seen a few familiar faces and several friendly faces that helps too. Uh, I'm I'm going to be taking my thoughts from the book of Proverbs. I uh, I translated the book of Proverbs uh, last year, and uh, while while doing so, I, I noticed. Solomon using certain fools he had different different categories of fools that he uh, um, Juxtaposed against the wise and 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 the knowledgeable and the godly and So I'm calling this let this this series five fools and proverbs But if you if we want to get technical, I'm actually going to show you seven fools and proverbs, but uh, we'll just the, The title is five, but we're going to see seven if everybody's got a study guide, we'll go ahead and get started. I've got printed on here uh, the New King James, and I think I've got on there, I think I've got on yours, my translation, I don't know if I, I can't remember now if I did that or not, but anyway, the New King James is there, you're welcome to follow along in the, in the translation you like best. Um, this lesson is about the simple, the first fool, we're going to talk about The simple. I'm nursing a small cold here. I'm trying to make it bigger, so y'all bear with me. <clears throat> Get it to grow some. The Hebrew word is the pethi. The pethi. Uh, that's an interesting word. It, it means open-minded, immature. Immature should fill in the blank. Immature, gullible. Uh, there's a, a, you might say a cognate or, or, or a, another verb form of that, uh, or actually another noun off of that verb. Uh, the, the verb means either to be open or to be deceived. Well, there's another, another noun off of that verb that means a doorway, and the opening of a doorway. <laughs> so I, when I was, uh, Brother Doug Birch might remember, uh, Ernest Sims, he was in my class, a uh, student in the seminary. He had, he had a saying, he would always say, well, that guy, he's so open-minded, his brain's about to fall out. And uh, that's kind of the idea of the pithee. He's he's so open-minded, his brain is about to fall out. Uh, Again, deceit and open door open is your next fill in the blank, the second one. The third one is the word fooled. The pithee is easily fooled because, A, of ignorance, and B, because of inexperience. You can't help inexperience much except to put yourself out there and gain experience. But, you know, ignorance, that's on you. I mean, God's given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. There's no reason to remain ignorant of the truth. And so I think that's why Solomon took them to task. This is not a question of intelligence. Solomon's not picking on those who are lower in IQ or lower in education. Listen, wisdom does not depend upon your educational level. Someone who has an IQ in in the low 70s, say... May not can balance their checkbook, but they can understand biblical truth and have wisdom of God. It's not a, it's not a function of human intelligence. It's a function of spiritual knowledge and seeking God. Someone could have a very high IQ and be a pathee, be simple-minded when it comes to spiritual things and spiritual truth. Your next fill in the blank is mentally. The simple-minded are not mentally ill. It's not, this is not a disease here. This is, this is a laziness, you might say. They are spiritually and intellectually naive. And Solomon revealed what the simple lack. So lack is your last fill in blank. So in that section, the introduction, immature, open, fooled, mentally, lack. And by the way, this is not a spelling contest. All three of my kids have learning disabilities, and so we learned long ago that spelling is just not going to be a thing. And so it's not a thing with me. You, you write down what you understand it is, and I don't care, as long as you know what it says. All right, Proverbs one. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of start in the introduction of, of Proverbs as Solomon is is establishing why he set out to write this book to begin with, and one of the reasons he said in verse four to give prudence to the simple, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. So the book of Proverbs is especially designed to give prudence out. This this word. Sometimes it means craftiness or shrewdness, prudence as you're filling the blank. Craft, you know, it, it can be positive or negative. And in this case, I'm certain he means positive. That to give to the pithy, to the simple-minded ones, a, a shrewdness, a prudence on, on a positive side. To be able to think through things, to, to have the mental acuity, the spiritually mental acuity, to work through the lies and deceits of Satan. The simple, though, lack the ability, or at least they lack the motivation to be ingenious or original. Now, keep that in mind, the idea of original. Uh, we, we live in an age where, this is terrible, group think. Let the group do the thinking. We'll just do what we're told. Boy, uh, they're, they're, the, the pithy is alive and well in our culture. They don't want to be original. They're not, they're not willing to stand alone and stand on truth. Chapter eight, verse five, uh, Solomon admonishes the simple. He says, Oh, you simple ones understand prudence and you fools. Be of an understanding heart, understand prudence. So in other words, it's not an inability. (laughs) It's not a disability. This is something they're just not doing. So he says, Look, understand prudence. Understanding is your first fill in the blank. and the is simple for not understanding prudence. The simple lack the ability to discern that prudence is worth having or that it even exists. Exists, as you fill the blank there. Exists. In my first church, I pastored down in Murfreesboro, for the first part of my ministry. I was there uh, just Nearly 14 years. I mean, just a couple months short of 14 years. And had one, one old gentleman there who uh, he taught a lot of Sunday school. And, and Brother Joe had a saying. He would talk about how his upbringing was. He, he lived up in Catagap, back in the woods, back in the hills. And, and he said, and they lived rough. His parents were both alcoholics and you know, had 11 kids. And, you know, he said, I was worse than ignorant. I not only knew nothing about God, I didn't suspect anything. That's how he was worse than ignorant, and that's the pithy: They, they not only don't know anything, they don't suspect there's anything, they don't, you don't even think that it might be worth looking for. They hadn't crossed their mind that there could be anything out there to know. Now, look at this, he says, to the simple, understand prudence. And, and, and you know, I'm not trying to give you a Hebrew lesson here, but that's a there's a special way he said that the, the hipthal stem are he used here in this command, that, that the simple and, and the hipthal stem has, is, we would call it a causative. In other words, the subject needs to cause something to happen. Make this happen for yourself. Make this happen to yourself, I think is would be the context. Simple must cause themselves, causes you fill in the blank, to discern what is shrewd or prudent. Group think seldom is. Well, it sounds good, but <laughs> it seldom is. We can't let the group do our thinking. We need to let the Word of God do our thinking and be, begin to discern what is right and what is true, which way is up and which way is down, instead of just being simple, just being naive. Chapter 7, verse 7, and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. I really want to key on that last phrase, devoid of understanding, the way the New King James translates it. And I'm going to go a little different direction on that. He said, I saw among the, I looked among the pithy and I saw among them a particular young man, and I saw in him that he was literally a lacking one of heart. That's why I would translate that. A lacking one of heart. Well, that intrigued me. But, man, I got to thinking, what does that mean? <laughs> so I began to go back through Proverbs and looking for all the times that he used this phrase, lacking of heart or anything of heart, and trying to figure out what, what, how is Solomon using the heart. And, and I began to see the different context and the ways that he used it, and I came to this conclusion. So heart's your first fill blank, a lack of heart. And this phrase, lack of heart, now I know the New King James says, devoid of understanding. And that's not really what it means. At least, if, if that's what it means, this is the only time that Solomon meant for the lack of heart to mean devoid of understanding. Every other place, he meant to lack effort. Effort. And we understand that in our culture. We talk about putting our heart and soul into something, right? Put your heart into what you're doing, right? That, we're talking about Put all your effort into it. That's because it's the same idea. He lacked effort. It's not that he couldn't understand. He lacked the effort to understand. So Solomon expressed it several times, as I said, to describe a lack of effort. For instance, in one case, a lack of effort to avoid temptation. Avoid temptation. That was one. Uh, he used it a couple ways, couple times that way. To stand, a lack of effort to stand up for what is right, even against one's Friends, friends, is your next fill in the blank? Or talk about when he walked by the uh, the farm of the lazy man, and he saw that he perf- you know to perform the necessary labor labor for maintenance on his property, the man hadn't hadn't put out the effort to maintain his fences, and he saw how run down the fences in the farm was, or even here to lack effort to understand. Solomon saw this youth and realized he lacked the effort to understand for himself. He was willing to let others do the understanding. I'll just, we'll just let Brother Matt know. As long as Brother Matt knows, we're fine. Well, no, you're not. (laughs) Because Brother Matt's not always in your hip pocket. You need to know. Don't be the That That's one of Solomon's five fools. Uh, Group is your last word there. The group think. The youth was content to let the group think for him. All right, chapter 9 introduces a, 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 a woman, and now she's, of course, she's symbolic, Lady Wisdom, we call her, and Lady Wisdom has a message for the simple. Look at verse 4. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed, forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. So listen to Lady Wisdom's appeal. Whoever is simple, you know, kind of the first thing there is you need to figure that out. (laughs) I don't know all I need to know. I don't want to stay this way. I don't want to stay ignorant. I don't want to stay naive. I want to know. I want to be as sharp as the word of God can make me. That needs to be where we start. Whoever is simple, then turn in here, Lady Wisdom says. If you lack understanding, and, and there it is again, a lacking one of heart, same phrase. If you're lacking effort, she says, well, come eat of my bread. <laughs> come let me motivate you. Come eat. Come taste of what I've got, and you'll find the motivation to, the, and the strength to have the effort to understand. But you've got, you got to open your mouth. You've got, you got, you got to make the choice to turn in here at wisdom and open your mouth and eat what she gives you, and then you won't be lacking the heart anymore. Eat of my bread. Drink of the wine I make. She says, forsake foolishness. And live. That's powerful right there. Live. Surely all of y'all know some people that they're, they're breathing, but they're not living. They're not living like they could be. They're not experiencing the joy that they could. They're not experiencing the peace that they should. They're not living. They're not living that life that Jesus said he came to give life and life more abundantly right and they're not getting that why why well lady wisdom says if you come eat what I fix and drink what I prepare and forsake forsake your uh, foolishness and the foolishness there by the way is just another form of pithy forsake your naivety Forget, forsake your simpleness You'll live and go in the way of understanding. Your first one, like is woman. Solomon depicted wisdom as a wise and beautiful. I'm going to say she's beautiful. I, I think she must be. He doesn't really say what she looks like, but I'm going to assume she's beautiful. Wise and beautiful woman calling out to the youthful and the simple. And Lady Wisdom offers her bread and wine to the simple if they will just forsake, forsake the naive lifestyle and live out Wisdom. Her solution for the youth lacking heart is simple. Come and eat what I offer. This proves again that naivety is not permanent. It can be cured. It can be cured with God's word and God's wisdom. All right, we drop on down, and she continues. No, I say that she continues. Another she. We're introduced to a second lady in chapter 9. Oh. She's not really a lady at all. She, she's a woman. But she's the exact opposite, opposite, as you are in the blank, of lady wisdom. And she also invites the simple to turn into her table. Look at this, chapter 9, verse 16. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here and as for him who lacks understanding. Uh, there it is again. He's, it's lacking heart. You're lacking effort here. I'll help you. She says to him, stolen water is sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there. That her guests are in the depths of hell. Opposite is your first fill in blank in that section. She invites the simple to turn into her table also. And they'll, and they'll find what they're lacking. She has a solution for that youth who lacks heart to think for himself she offers him a life of crime and secrets. Stolen. Stolen water is sweet. Well, I've got a bit of a science background. And so for me, the first thing I want to say is, okay, let's get let's get a test up here. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do a blind test, see which is sweeter. So stolen water, bought water, given water, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a test. But the the mindset is simply this, that it's more fun, it's more exciting, it's more exhilarating to try to not get caught to drink your water. Now, he's not really talking about water. hope you all understand. He's talking about relationships. And our world is taught to think that illicit relationships are far more satisfying than godly relationships. And he said, her guests live in the depths of Sheol. That's what, Lady Wisdom said, you come eat what I offer, and you forsake your naivety, and you're going to go live. And Solomon said, you turn in and hurt this other girl's door, and you're going to die. You're going to die. And you're going to spend eternity there. Her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Secrets. Listen, the Word of God is not comprised of secrets. That's why he wrote it down. <laughs> it, yes, parts of it are mysterious, and yet the answers are revealed, or at least as much as you need to know. Some of that is, is, is on a need-to-know basis, but if you don't need to know it yet, don't worry. Learn the stuff you can know, and God will reveal the rest of it to you when you're ready. It's not the, the idea that I'm going I'm to know something that other people don't. Somehow that makes me more intelligent. That makes me more powerful. Well, that's the way Satan operates. The secrecy is tempting to the unthinking. The unthinking, tempting. The sexual or simpul- sensual stimulation is seductive, but listen, it's deadly. Deadly is your last fill in blank there. So next section, opposite, secrets, tempting, and Deadly. Let's go back to chapter 1. Let's see what the simple suffer because it's, they're not painless here. Ignorance, strangely enough, is not bliss. Proverbs 1, verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So again, how long you naive or simple ones, will you love will you love na- your simplicity or your naivety? The simple suffer from a love of ignorance. Isn't that weird? A love of ignorance. I had to think about that one a while. But I think I understand what Solomon was getting at. The simple are convinced that to know too much is to be held responsible for too much. I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that in some people, like in, in secular employment. I, I've known guys, great guys, had great skills. You know, could have done anything, but they refused to be promoted. They want to just work with their hands. They they would not be promoted. They did not want more responsibility because in their minds, that would be more headache. Of course, it comes with more pay. They didn't care. You can pay me more if you want to, but I don't want to be promoted. I've known those guys. Leave me here at this low level. I can handle this. I don't want anything that I'm afraid I might not can handle. Well, you know what? You're never going to handle it if you don't pick it up and swing it a few times. And that's the problem with the simple. They're afraid that if they try, they'll fail. So they would rather just never try so they can never be failures. Well, that is the definition of failure. You never tried. They love their simplicity. Your next word is rewards. This causes the simple to suffer from a a lack of rewards, just like the guy that wouldn't be promoted. Well, he never got the bigger pay because he wouldn't take the bigger responsibility. There's no, you know, rewards come with the responsibility. And it's interesting that the scorner and the, and the another fool, these, these are two other fools we're going to look at later, the scorner and the, I'm going to call this guy the idiot right now. We'll get to that later. They're lumped into with the simple-minded. They all refuse to change what is changeable. I hope that I hope that no one that is in this room has identified with anything I've said so far personally. But probably, if we're honest, we've all played the simpleton once in a while. We'd rather sit back and let others do the thinking, let others do the praying, let others do the studying, let others do the teaching, let others do whatever... And I'll just ride along and enjoy the fruits of their labor. Do you think Christ called some to just be passengers and not for everybody to paddle this boat? Look at this, chapter 1, verse 32. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. (laughs) That doesn't make a lot of sense right now, does it? For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. The pathee turn away from opportunity, and it robs them. In fact, it does more than robs them. He says it slays them. <laughs> They're killing themselves. They don't realize it. They don't realize that the, the turning away from opportunity, when I say opportunity, yes, I mean opportunity. Greater responsibility in the Lord's word. That's exactly what I mean. But, you know, we, we grow into these things. again. If, if we're serving the Lord, if we're, if we're being led in the spirit of God, he's moving us to greater and greater works for him. Not because he, he thinks you're so wonderful, but because he knows he can use you because he's so wonderful. And he gets all the glory when he takes broken people like you and I and, and ignorant people like you and I and turns us into Christians. And by Christians, I mean people who are like Jesus. And what a, what a glorious opportunity is. But the turning away, they turn away from opportunity. They turn away from greater responsibility. They turn away from the uh, chance to better themselves spiritually. And it robs them, he says, it slays them. Solomon used even stronger language by saying that their tendency to turn away from wisdom will kill them. And listen, if you turn away from Jesus too many times, uh, it can certainly put a person in danger of eternal hell. Chapter 14, verse 15. Again, what did the simple suffer? The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. The simple believes every word i i've just I've just come through a period of my life in which I was raising teenagers and uh here in a few weeks I'll no longer have any teenagers. I've got an eighteen month old now, but anyway I'm starting over uh, oh i've been I've had many moments where I wanted to laugh in their face but I, I had to not because that would have been rude but to hear my 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 teenagers espouse some philosophy or or spout something that that they read or they saw, you know, on their phone or something, and it's like, that can't be true, <laughs> you know? Just, I've lived too long to, to know, to that, that just can't be true, you know? And, and it's, um, it's easy, though, it's easy to just believe everything the Internet says, and you know, I have church members like that too. Brother Keith, did you see where? No, I didn't. You know, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, I don't care. Don't, <laughs> don't. I'm not even going on that rabbit trail with you. I don't. You know, it, it, it may be true. It may not be true. But let's let's not let's, let's go back to the Bible, right? Let's go back to let's go back to what we know is true from the beginning. The simple believes every word. If, if it's a coming out of the Bible, then believe it. If it's not, well, take it with a grain of salt. The prudent considers well his steps. The simple suffer from gullibility. They, they believe whatever they hear. Here is your first fill in the blank. Or at least they do not work their brain hard enough to determine if what they hear is factual. Factual. Or even plausible. Chapter 14, verse 18. The simple inherit folly the simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge to inherit folly and this word folly we're going to see another fool that's kind of, it's based on this, uh, this same Hebrew word it's a foolishness that's proud it's insolent it, uh, it, it doesn't mind speaking its opinion even when it should probably keep its opinion to itself the, the, the simple, if they, if they continue in this path, they're going to inherit this. They're going to, they're going to take on these characteristics. They're going to become very proud in their ignorance. Shall we say unteachable. Insolent fools. Fools is your first one blank. If the simple are not educated by God's wisdom, then they will become insolent fools. That, that's what they're going to inherit. Their ignorance will harden into willfulness willfulness you know stubbornness is one of those you know things that it has uh, it has good qualities You you know stubbornness can keep some marriages together when nothing else will you know and so you can say yay for stubbornness but on most occasions stubbornness is not that endearing of a quality And it's something we need to move beyond. We need to become teachable. There's far more to be learned and gained in becoming teachable and guidable by the Word of God. I don't mean by the group and others, but I mean by the Word of God. And the ignorant, because they're unwilling to learn, they end up becoming very, very hard in their opinions that they know all that they need to know. But look what happens to the prudent. The prudent are crowned with knowledge. The prudent surround themselves with knowledge. Surround their a uh, crown, you know, sits on your head and, and surrounds it and 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 gives you rulership. And you, know, you think about all that comes with the crown. Well, the prudent are crowned with knowledge to cure their simplicity. Knowledge is your fill in blank there. Chapter twenty two, verse three. The last thing that uh, the simple suffer. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. We see this again repeated in chapter 27, verse 12, almost verbatim. The prudent or crafty learn to look ahead. <laughs> they look ahead and they predict outcomes. You look at a, you know, you, you look at a set of data and you extrapolate and say, okay, this is probably going to happen here, so I'm going to avoid that. Well, that's that's prudence. It comes with experience. It also comes with you know, a greater knowledge of the Word of God and the will of God, you, you get to where you understand the way God is directing and moving and the things that God's trying to accomplish, and you can see where he's going. You can just, you know, just, just amazing. Sometimes you think, oh, well, that's exactly what God would do, and you just wait to see what's going to happen. Or you say, that's exactly what God wouldn't do, and you avoid that situation, right? That, that's, that's prudence. Well, the simple just pass on and are punished. They don't stop to to look at the data, they don't stop to figure these things out. Your first fill blank is ahead. The prudent or crafty learn to look ahead and predict outcomes. Your next one is the Word. The Word of God is very insightful in this. The Word of God. If one can predict the outcome of a decision or action, then great personal loss and damage can be avoided. Damage is your fill in the blank there. But the simple just do without any forethought or caution. Like a pinball, they find the boundaries of life by bumping into them. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. That's not a great way to live, but that's the way some people choose to live. I'm going to follow the group until I hit something hard that hurts and think, well, maybe I'll change direction now. No, be prudent. See it before it happens. All right, what causes the simple to learn? Well, they can be taught. I told you it's not a permanent A permanent situation. Doesn't have to be. What causes the simple to learn? Chapter 19, verse 25. This is kind of funny. Strike a scoffer and the simple will become weary. Y'all get that? Not many of you. You ever spanked one child while the other was watching so that both of them would learn? You know, there could be some education there. What causes the simple to learn? Uh, strike a scoffer and the simple will become wary. Rebuke one who has understanding, though, and he will discern knowledge. This tendency to bump into the boundaries and get punished is a good thing. Yeah, it does educate, just it's much slower than uh, the, the, the better option. Good is your first one, like the second one is punished. The simple may even begin to notice when other people get punished. Punished. That is, that is one good thing. They, they, when they see others get punished, then they learn also, hopefully. The petty or the simple might see the scoffer punished for scoffing and learn that some things are not to be mocked or belittled. Some things are sacred and should not be mocked. Yet, there are better ways to be educated. Educated. Because he says here, for the understanding person, for the understanding person, rebuke one who has understanding, what? And he will discern knowledge. Out of the rebuke. Now, he may not appreciate all the rebuke. He might not even re- appreciate the attitude which, which, through which the, adi- the rebuke comes. But he will discern, I needed that. Even if it was delivered meanly or wrongly or anything else, he can gain glean knowledge from it and benefit from it. Not so the simple. For the understanding person, rebuke is an opportunity to learn. So that might help you figure things out real quick. If it really makes you mad when somebody tells you you're wrong, <clears throat> you need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> there's, there's some character flaws that need to be worked on there. A rebuke is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. All right, Proverbs 21, 11. When the scoffer is punished... The simple is made wise, but when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. So again, same idea. Punish the scoffer, the simple learns something. The simple becomes wise. The punishment, uh, uh, the first word is wait. However, the wise do not wait to see someone else hit the boundary and fall down. They, they, they glean it. They receive knowledge. They, they soak up what the word of God is saying and what other people, godly wisdom is shared with them. And therefore, they don't have to bump into the boundaries of life. Uh, scoffer does and the simple can learn from it your next word is instruction the wise learn with instruction but when the wise is instructed he receives knowledge you know the uh, in the old days the farmers uh, worked with animals to do their work and the animals that they liked working with best were the ones they could talk to and get work done. You know, if they said G and the animal went the wrong direction, well, that that was cause for swinging the check rein around and putting a few stripes across his rump and teach him, hey, when I say G, go G. When I say haul, go haul. When I say whoa, stop. Right. But the animal that he could just talk to, it, it could be instructed. Man, the work went so much better. Well. When the Holy Spirit can just talk to your spirit and get things done, man, that's a good situation. But when the Holy Spirit has to hit you with the ox goat every now and then <laughs> to get you moving or get you on the right path again, well, that's, that's hard on both of you, harder on you than is the Holy Spirit. But nonetheless, we need to learn with instruction. We need to be teachable. That's, that's how we cure the condition of the pethee. Uh, your last film, link in that section, is before. Unfortunately, the pathith tend to get punished or watch others get punished before learning happens. The, the, it takes pain to get across to them the problem. All right, how to overcome being simple. Chapter 9, verse 6. Forsake foolishness and live. here they, they turn that uh, they turn the word into foolishness but it's pithy it, it means foolish one um, forsake foolish ones and live and go in the way of understanding there's three, three commands there and when he says go it's not just head off, but no, it's the idea of go straight. Go straight in the way of understanding. Your first film, blank is children. Solomon is probably not telling us to abandon naive children or simple-minded friends. Or I would have lost all three of my kids several years ago, the, shortly after they turned 14. You know, just, no, he's not, he's not when he says forsake naive ones, he doesn't mean just abandon them to their, no. I think he's... I think he's telling us abandon the, the internal naive person because we all have a tendency to be simple. We all have a tendency to want somebody else to do the hard thinking. And it takes spiritual discipline to learn to think for yourself. I remember hearing a seminary instructor say, thinking is a neat trick if you can do it. And I found out he's right. It is a neat trick if you can do it. Not everybody can. It's like juggling. Not everybody can do it. No, they, you know, I, mean, I suppose they could, but it takes work. You've got to work at it. It's a neat trick. Forsake the way of the naive one inside you and instead choose to Live. I've got, uh, I've got a garden right now. It's on life support. It's been, it's been half drowned for uh, quite a few days now. And I was looking at it a little while ago before I drove up here. And on the wetter end, I have, I have some some squash that, that uh, probably aren't going to make it. You know, y'all pray for them. They're not. <laughs> it's looking pretty grim for them right now. Uh, they have just been too wet too long. And. Uh, I wanted to yell at them from the, from the safe confines of the edge of the garden, Live! Choose life! Bloom! Keep going! You can al- you're almost there! There's dry weather coming! I don't know if they're going to wait for the dry weather to make it. And I can imagine that, that the Holy Spirit is doing the same thing to us sometimes. Live! Choose life! There, there's dry weather coming! Just, just hold on! Make an effort to bloom where you're planted. Make an effort to grow. He didn't call you to just sit there in language. He didn't call you to just stay ignorant. He didn't call you to salvation so that you'll be the same, you know, the day you were saved as the day you die. No. He wants you to mature. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become something that blooms in spite of. Something that bear fruit, bears fruit in spite of the condition so that people will stop and say, wow, that. Is living. Forsake foolishness and live. And and again, the third command: Go straight. Don't, don't I, I, the, uh, that that root um, that this verb, this imperative, comes from. in the, the root itself means blessed or happy. so understand the concept. When you go straight, you're happier. You're more blessed than when you go crooked or you go south or whatever euphemism you want to use for not going the direction you should go. So let me put it this way. Um, Your next film blank is straight. Go straight in the way of discernment. Yes, it's hard work. Yes, it takes practice. No, you don't always get it right the first time. And, yeah, it's going to mean study. Uh, That's okay. You'll benefit for it. The next field blank is filter. Allow Scripture to filter the information you receive. Allow Scripture to filter the information you receive. And it will grant you discernment. And with that discernment, Go in that direction with your thoughts, go in that direction with your activities, with your attitudes, and you'll find yourself following Christ. All right, this is the short lesson. If you want to be bored longer, come back next time. We're going to look at another fool uh, when we get together. I think we're, I think tomorrow night's the scoffer, I think is one we look at next. So, Brother Matt, I'll turn back to you for right now.